Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. Got a, a word for you this morning. Um, I normally don't do big, you know, titles or really like I very rarely even do. Sister Jessica will will constantly like um, text me or call me like the week after and say, "It's a good message, but what in the world?" You know, like you have no title, you never have a title. I have to, and she has to put it online in our you know outreach, our podcast ministry, and she's like, "Well, yeah, this could be anything." You know, like, what do you want? And then she'll send me a title. I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Like at this point, I trust you. I don't know why you're still texting me. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, unless it's crazy, you know. Just go with it. However I do today, I've done that for you. I'll give you a little title to, to maybe help you to remember. A pondering heart in a posting world. A pondering heart in a posting world. When I say post, I do mean social media. Not all of you are on social media, but the word is certainly going to transcend um, that verbiage. However, most of you are. Pondering heart in a posting world. And I just thought about how many good things I see sometimes. Like sometimes I see, you know, garbage oh, so much. But really there's a lot of good stuff that people share. You know, an encouraging word from the Lord, a scripture. Uh, Brother Darian, sometimes he'll send me a, a Bible verse. You know, sometimes he'll send me something like that, you know, different ones. And, uh, you know, people will share it. And then we get to see that. And it's just a really good scriptural concept or something that just really strikes the heart. Amen. And if you don't ever have any of those coming across your timeline, then maybe, you're on the, maybe you need to reevaluate some of those, <laughs> you know, some of your friend list. You want people that are going to speak life into you, amen? However, this is not going to be one of those uh, those hip social media focused messages for the youths. I do want to minister to us where we're at. Here's what the Word of God says in Luke chapter 2, 8 through 20. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said one to another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. So they're really airing it out, sharing it to the community, saying everything they can to anyone who will listen. Um, they are using the means that they have. These guys are probably illiterate, but they can speak it. They can say it. They can share it. The good news, the things that were told to the shepherds. But, and here's our text verse, the next one, verse 19 but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart kept these things and pondered them in her heart there, there's actually two two things that I want you I want to break that down very quickly right now she did two things she kept it how good are you at keeping 
a word from God and pondering it in your heart. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Speak to us. Give us a word that is in season. And Lord, some of the good things, some of the beautiful things, and the wonderful things in your word that you give to us, that you do in these services, like Sister Parker was speaking, to chew on those things, to let those things settle into our spirit and to manifest in our lives, in our actions, in our mindsets. God, teach us how to stop being somebody who just lets a ram of word go in one ear and out the other. And in a world that shares and forgets and speaks without thinking and has never changed, there are more opinions being shared, oh God, in this generation, in this time, than ever before in history. And there are fewer people changing. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, that's the truth. There are more opinions being shared than ever before in recorded human history. And there are fewer people changing their minds. See, the angels used to deliver God's messages, his word. Um, and they were pretty much, you know, the, the sole um, the sole medium where, you know, sometimes God would speak. Sometimes he'll write you know, on the wall with his finger. Sometimes he would manifest through a burning bush. But usually throughout the Old Testament, uh, angels have a primary role as messengers, right? You know, messengers, they will do a lot of what God, uh, you know, his, his legwork, right? He uses them, not because he has to, but because that's what he created them for. Um, and a lot of times in the Old Testament, angels was a, uh, that was a bad thing, right? It was a bad sign. It's true. See, in Numbers 22, we read the story of Balaam whenever he's trying to pronounce curses. And then whenever he sees an angel, there's an angel standing there. He doesn't see it. At first, the donkey sees it. And he's the only one who can, who can receive you know, a, a revelation at that point. And Balaam is just, nope, he's beating the donkey. And standing in the road, blocking his way, is an angel with a sword of fire. And then God has to illuminate Balaam to see what's actually in front of him. He's like, whoa. But that's not a good thing, right? That sword of fire was not just for looks. So it can be a negative thing. Uh, God will use them uh, to rebuke. He'll use them in judgment, to pronounce judgment in the Old Testament. And then again in Revelation, the Word of God says that, you know, that the angels are going, to, uh, are, are going to be the primary medium where God is going to pronounce judgment on the world. Punishment. Angels are not always, you know, like the, you know, the, the chunky little cherry bims. What were those things that you used to have all over the, the place, like the precious moments angels? Do you ever have any of those? I only remember one because I, me and Emily were fighting over it, and I broke it, and it cut her real bad. It was a horrible experience. The little fat, you know, cherubim-type looking deal, the little angel-type things. That's not how angels always manifest, right? Angels, these, this angel was the angel of death and slew an entire generation in one night. So they're not always like the cuddly little uh, precious moments-looking angels, Correct? But angels in the Old Testament, they can be a blessing too. Um, primarily, through angels, God begins to speak to Abram and Sarah. See, angels uh, could deliver the promises of God. So he is speaking life and promises over Abraham and Sarah. So you're going to have a child. You're going to have a baby. Um, you know, and even though you're, you're, you're really, really old, like this is going to manifest. God is going to do it. And he uses an angel. Sometimes he'll use, he used angels to pronounce good things, promises. In 1 Kings, we realize that uh, 
angels can not only provide the promises, but they provide actual provision. Remember when Elijah, he's starved out of his mind, he's discouraged, he's depressed, he's suicidal, and he wakes up after falling asleep under a broom tree, and what's he see? Angel sitting there cooking up some food for him. And the word of God says that the angel continued to minister to him. Angels can also, you know, in the Old Testament, we read about angels serving in protection. And even now, God says that he has his angels encamped round about uh, the believers. So that's a, isn't that a huge deal? And this is how effective they are, that, that, that level of protection. You read in uh, Daniel in chapter 6, it was not anything other than the, the angel that shut the lion's mouth. So he used an angel to shut the lion's mouths. And I don't know how aggressive they had to get. I don't know what that looked like, you know? Like in, the, in my storybooks, I always just assumed that the angels just were not, you know, like, you know just like kind of manifested and then the, the lions just kind of laid over. I don't know how physical they got. You ever think about that? Do you ever process that? Like that angel, I don't know, did he bite the angel? Could he bite the angel? I mean, you, you think I'm crazy. Do you remember um, when, uh, when Jacob is wrestling with an angel? And people are getting injured and getting thrown around physically? So I'm not crazy. I don't know what that looked like. I don't know how many angels were there. And he, he beat these lions down. And he aggressively protected God's child. And would not allow something that, like who his brother Johnny just said, uh, would not allow anything that was not part of God's plan to manifest in his life. That's a big deal. It took an angel. But if God has to send an angel to do it, then he will protect you. He will make your path straight. He will work for you. He will fight for you. Under the shadow of his wings, there is, there is safety and protection. Nothing that is outside of the limits of what God has chosen to allow in your life has access or the strength to attack you and to derail you from the calling and purpose of God on your life, then you have to send an angel to do it. He will. But the New Testament church, the primary mode of revelation of Jesus is the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. Thank God that he speaks the way he does now. I don't need an angel. Some people have seen angels. Some people have, have experiences, and you know, I don't question that. You know, that's, that's fine. But I don't need an angel because I have the Holy Spirit to speak through me and to me. And to he is the spirit of truth to reveal things. Thank God that that was the level of revelation that God has for us today. In Luke chapter 1, the promise is made to Mary as she's sitting there thinking, what is going on? An angel has come to her, but then God says, but it won't just be, it won't just be the angels. The promise is that the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Almighty will overshadow you. Don't miss the messenger. I got a word for you. Don't miss the messenger. Because I really think that if I, you know, if, if an angel fluttered down from heaven and spoke to you and told you some of the things that you've already heard from the Holy Spirit, then you would listen, right? Because we like that. You know, we, we want to see, you know, you know, and then it goes nice with that, that organ right there. Thank you. It would be easier, right? If, an, if God sent an angel and told you it's going to be okay, 
sent an angel and said, I, I have this in my hand. I am greater uh, than these problems and these issues. If you could see that, wouldn't it be awesome? But how much more that God himself, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, can rest and live and dwell in you. That's a way bigger deal. But sometimes we miss the message because the messenger isn't quite as, as visible as, you know, it doesn't manifest in the same way. What I really want to, you know, that is part of the text and I wanted to teach and preach a little bit about that. But what I really have for you today is the importance of pondering. This is a generation that does not ponder partially because we don't know what that is, you know, right? It's not, a, it's not a word that we use a ton. Ponder means to consider, to reflect, to evaluate, to meditate, to really just take these things and think about them. And I'm, I, I, like, I'm the worst sometimes, you know. Like I, like, I listen to a lot of sermons, you know, in my Raycon earbuds. Shout out. Send me a free pair. Yeah, not really. But I, I do. I listen to him in my earbuds, you know, while I'm working around. I'm going around, buzzing around the church, you know, in the vehicle. You know, I got my, my sermons on. I love them. And, I, and, I, and there's so many, you know, really good preachers. There's a lot of bad ones. But, um, you know, there, there's, there's plenty enough to where I could never stop listening. You know, there's so many awesome, mighty men of God um, who preach fantastic, you know, anointed messages. And so sometimes uh, it's just like, rah. And I will miss just awesome stuff. And, and, and it'll just kind of glance off my, you know, like, like water off a duck's back, right? It'll, it'll just kind of become commonplace, and the things of God become common. And so I just kind of stopped, and I, didn't, and I wasn't listening to as many. And when I was, I was really heeding and actually paying attention because I don't want the things of God to become commonplace because then they won't... They, they won't be able to manifest in power because I'm not treating them the way that they should be, right? I'm not treating the things of God that way I should treat the things of God. Yep, heard them all, heard it all. And then you expect that to manifest in power in your life? It won't. Consider, reflect, and evaluate. And here's the cost if you don't. This is what happens to a generation who has forgotten how to ponder. Right? James 1, 22 through 24 says, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, or seers, depending on where you're, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. This is a danger. I'm not scraping the bottom of the barrel of Pastor Joe's sermons. This is a very relevant thing in our life. Because we are allowing things of God to become commonplace and to lose the impetus that they should have in our life and on our actions. Amen. To ponder it, not just to post it, not just to share it, not just to hear it or to click like on it or to, or to just hear it preached from a sermon and be like, oh, yeah, good one. We can do that, but then we will never operate in the power and the freedom and the anointing that God has for us that his word can have whenever we allow it to manifest in our lives. 
One pastor I was listening to the other day said that when, uh, when God gives him a word of prophecy, he begins to pray earnestly until it is fulfilled because he does not throw the word around or throw an experience or a manifestation of the Holy Spirit around. And he doesn't permit them to be either. You know, and, I, and I've seen it, you know, especially you know, in a spirit-filled you know, congregation, not, not necessarily in our congregation, but just in, a, in, a, in the world you know, of, of this type of church where God will move in freedom in the spirit. Um, sometimes people can feel like it's, it's my gift you know, and I can just sling stuff around whenever I want without actually, actually making sure that I've heard from God and then um, you know, judging those spirits to see where they be of God. And to, the word of God tells us to actually, you know, whenever a word comes forth, Check it out. Is that not popular? Measure it up against the word of God and say, mm. yep, that checks out. There will be people who will come to you, whether not, maybe not in this church, but they'll come to you and say, I just, I just got a word for you. You're like, all right, well, we'll see, we'll see what it is. That, 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 that's a, it's a trap. Um, because someone came to me and said, oh, you know, I've got a word for you. Are you ready to, will you receive this word? And I said, maybe. Trot it out. You know, give it to me, one, you know, let me hear it one time. And then, and then we'll see. Because I'm not about to accept some false prophecy that's against the word. Something that doesn't line up with scripture. Nope, I'm good. I'm good. And so, and they're like, oh. And I'm, mm, let, let, me, let me hear the word. Because we need to be people of the word and not let a bunch of foolishness uh, dictate and water down the power of prophetic utterances and the Holy Spirit's moving, because it will. And then, you'll be, and then there are entire generations, denominations, groups of people, congregations who have thrown out the baby with the bathwater because there was no spirit of discernment operating. Amen. We need it. The importance of pondering. We need to truly take in the Word. Whenever the God begins to move, whenever he speaks in, 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 in a powerful way in our daily life, take in that word and think about it. Turn the music off for just a second and just think. What does this mean to me? God, reveal yourself through this. Let this sink down into my spirit. Conform me, sometimes painfully, to the image of your son through the revelation of your word. There will be no conforming. There, there will be no sanctification without pondering first and understanding what God says. <clears throat> the amount of spiritual truth and revelation that is readily available to us is amazing. And some words that have the power of changing lives and miracles get as much attention and pondering as a video of a really cute fainting goat. Yeah, or just some, some random thing. Let us put a premium on God's word. And when he speaks, let us listen and ponder the deep things of God. Are the things of God common to you? Think about that. Let, let's, let's all introspectively think about that. Are, are the things of God common now to me through exposure because if they are, that is why they are not manifesting in any kind of power in your life. Like, why is God, why, why, why do I just kind of feel like everybody else? Why is God not using me? Why is God, you know, why, why ain't got no testimonies? You know, why, you know, why, why is it that, you know, and sometimes like I've seen people who testify and every time it's just like this baller testimony. You know, it's just like, 
Oh, why does that happen to you? That never happens to me. Like, you know, you're standing in the Walmart parking lot and someone says, I must be saved. I had a dream and you would be here. And you're like, whoo. That doesn't seem to happen to me that much. Like, what's going on, God? Like, people don't, you know, just fall into, you know, like, well, maybe God's just like, oh, I, I didn't want to waste it on you because you weren't ready. You know, God convicted my heart about wearing those same earbuds in the store one time and just like trying to shut out all of humanity, you know, while I was going around doing all my stuff. God convicted me and said, what if I had a divine appointment for you today? You got to listen to your audio book. Amen. I'm just trying to teach and to preach and hopefully impact you about the importance of pondering the things of God, really taking them in and stop assuming that we know everything and that we've already, that we've heard it all because you'll never hear another word from God. And there's so much to hear. There's so much changing to be done. There's so much power to be manifested. But if we assume that we've heard it all, you'll never hear a thing again. You have cut yourself off from a mighty move of God and from the manifestation of the Holy Spirit because you feel like you've heard it all and you know it all. You might have read the whole book, but that book can read you. You need to treat it like that. I need to treat it like that. I like this because the angels who have spoken to, um, you know, appeared, you know, with the, oh, that part. And they said, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. You know, unto you this day you know, will be born a Savior, Christ the Lord. And, and, and they're, they're giving the revelation of the gospel, right? And it's powerful. And the angels, you know, say this. And then the shepherds, um, you know, who are looking up in the sky, Wow. You know, you forget where they live. They're, they're you know, they're, they're in the middle of the field. And wow, I can't believe this. And they go and they look and they're like, wow. Wow. You should see what's over there. And then, done. Nothing else do we ever read about them. Nothing else ever, as far as we understand, happens. But Mary ponders these things in her heart and receives deep revelation. What do you do with the revelation that God gives you? That's the challenge today. Because whenever you get to heaven, God is going to, uh, is, you know, there, there are two judgments. There will be the judgment seat of Christ. God is going to judge how we as believers um, have acted and responded, what we have done with what we've been given. You know, there are a lot of people who do not know um, nearly as much theology as the least of you who God is reaching out to and, and, his, and is revealing himself to. And they may not understand quite to the degree that somebody, you know, who has full and unfettered access and training does. Uh, but they, they, are, they are following God. They're, they're being, you know, God is saving them through the revelation, even limited as it is, that he has given them of himself. And so for us who are just so chock full of revelation everywhere we turn, we will be judged based on what we allowed that God sent to manifest in us. What we allowed, what we nurtured, what we kept I like that. She kept it. And that's where I'm going to end today. You've been given a word today. You've been given several. Will you keep it? And ponder it in your heart. Take the time to allow it to do what the word of God, what a word from God can do. Amen. I was, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine 
last evening, and it just was encouraging and refreshing to me because, you know, we were just talking about, you know, normal, chill stuff, and then I began to... uh, to actually share a testimony, share a word from God. And the Holy Spirit began to kind of get into the conversation because um, he's always welcome in it. Woo! Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. Some of you nodding off. See, the Holy Spirit's always welcome in my conversation. And it's not an interruption. It is a redirection to something better when he does. Amen? Oh, the door's always open for the Holy Spirit. He can, he, he can interject himself and then take us somewhere better. And so I was talking a little bit, and then I, and I, I just I gave a word. I said basically that uh, you cannot walk in, faith, in God's favor two steps ahead of it. Right? That wasn't me. That was the Holy Ghost. And to, you know, to my friend's credit, you know, he, he paused for a second and said, hmm, thank you for that word. And pondered it and thought about it. And we, and, we, and we talked about it a little more. You can't, by the way. You can have it too. It's not just an exclusive word right there. You can, if you want to know why, you know what? You cannot walk in God's favor two steps ahead of it. God does have favor over your life. And, and you know, I, I've been meaning to just pray over some of you. Maybe I'll do it later. Um, that God will begin to, uh, uh, to, to give you um, even more direction and blessing over your life. That you can walk in that. Because I believe God has that for, for, for the people in this room. That he wants to bless and manifest his power, his anointing, and his favor in your lives. He don't need us all to be millionaires. But he does need us to be winning and, and operating in victory, not defeat. You know, and encouragement, a spirit of encouragement, not depression. And yes, I do believe that God wants to do maybe more in your life through his favor than what you even expect or understand. And that always mean that you're going to pack your bags and go to Africa, uh, you know, as a missionary, or you're going to pastor the church. Sometimes, you know, you're called to bloom and to be and to grow in the different callings that God has given you. I tell you what, there's there's a guy that I know who has a, an anointing over his life in business, and the amount that he is being a, being able to be used through sacrificial giving and tithing and just being a blessing and leadership, how he's teaching the next generation uh, to observe proper stewardship and work ethic and blessing their, how to bless your family and how to, how, how to do right and have character. Awesome. Awesome. He's building churches. He's building the kingdom because he knows he does not need a microphone to do it. What he needed apparently was a spreadsheet. But what is what God put in his hand. And there's an anointing on his life. Don't miss your anointing. Don't miss your anointing. Don't don't try and force yourself into one little box. God's big. Amen. I've gone longer than I intended to. Amen. Let's stand. God has spoken today. Even before the preaching ever began, God was manifesting himself. He was from the very outset of this, even through the worship and through the songs and the lyrics, God was speaking truth and speaking things that could be redeemed over your life and in your life. Words, works of encouragement, works of healing, sanctification, words of blessing and, incur- and, and, and just strengthening. How much of it have you accepted? How much will you take home and ponder? Will you allow it to really manifest in your life? That is the question here today.